past couple of months, we've been kind of dipping in and out of a series called Stories That Transform. Um, looking at those stories in the Bible that are transformative both for the characters in them um, and as well as for us as we read them and apply the lessons that they teach. And we don't normally uh, dip in and out of a series like this, but we had a number of special services and it's been good to kind of have this series to go back to. Um, and so far we've looked at uh, Job, Jonah, Jethro, Joseph, all the J's, um, Mephibosheth, Ananias, Edid Malik, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Anesimus, the prodigal son, the ten lepers, and the woman who anointed Jesus' feet. Um, which, if I've done my maths correctly, means we've looked at 22 blokes and only one woman. Oh, I know. <laughs> Whoops. So I'm sorry about that. And the woman, bless her, isn't even given a name. Um, so my hope this morning is that I can go some way, at least a little way, to um, correcting that. I want to talk to you about one of the most um, influential women in the entire Bible. She was uh, a leader of the nation of Israel. She was a prophet, a judge, a warrior, and a singer-songwriter, which is pretty epic, I think. Does anyone uh, know who I'm talking about? Not Steve, because I've told him. Nick? Deborah. Well done, Nick, for getting that answer correctly. <laughs> that could have been awkward when you got home. Um, yeah, we do have a couple of Debbies. Deborah's in our church, so you'll have to decide how the stories match up this morning um, as we're going through. Yeah, Deborah, found in the book of Judges. Um, her story's actually told twice, once in chapter 4 as kind of a narrative, um, and then again in chapter 5 as a poem or a song. Um, but before we dive in, let me just give you a quick warning, because the book of Judges is not uh, for the faint of hearted Things get really dark, um, especially by the end. And we're not, we're not talking like uh, PG, 12A. This is like 18 plus stuff. This is like turn it off when your parents walk in, kind of. Uh, this is the sort of stuff that your kids tell you their friends are all allowed to watch, but you suspect that they're, they're lying. Um, it gets really um, grim. But it's kind of supposed to be, the book of Judges is, is illustrating the kind of depth of human um, depravity. Uh, it sort of talks about what happened to us when we go our own way or are influenced rather than going God's way. So if you're squeamish, um, look away now, I guess. Um, it's found in the Old Testament. It chronicles Israel's struggle uh, after they lost their leader, uh, Joshua. Joshua died. He took them into the promised land. Um, but then it says that another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. They uh, sort of lived as they pleased, did what they want, worshipped other gods, adopted the practices of the people around them, the morally corrupt Canaanites who they were supposed to have driven out. And the book of Judges, it adopts this kind of pattern where the people sin and then God hands them over to the nations around them um, and things go from bad to worse until eventually they cry out and repent and God raises up a judge who delivers them and things go well for a little while um, and then they kind of fall back into their old patterns of behavior and the cycle repeats. Although it's less of a cycle and more of a, a downward spiral because things get progressively worse. Um, it's 12 judges in total, and Deborah was one of the earliest ones. And when I say judge, try not to think of someone with a wig and a gavel in a courtroom. Um, this was more of a, a kind of military or political leader. 
So, enough of an intro. We're in Judges chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. And Ehud was one of the previous judges. Um, he plunged a hidden sword into the belly of a very overweight king, and the fat closed around the handle. It's a really good bedtime one for uh, boys that... Um, so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harasheth Hagoyim, because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. They cried to the Lord for help. So this is that pattern that I'm talking about. The people have sinned against God. God has handed them over to Jabin, and they're kept in line by Sisera and his armies. Verse 4, now Deborah, a prophet, and the wife of Lapidoth was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. So here we have Deborah, Debbie, Debs, the leader, the prophetic leader of the nation. And she does it, she leads by sitting underneath this palm each and every day and listening to the people, hearing their complaints, settling their disputes, dealing with their problems. Whenever there was an issue that couldn't be solved and the argument would continue, they would say, fine, let's take it to Debbie's palm and see what she's got to say about the matter. You see, Debbie was the kind of leader who made time for her people. She was the kind of leader who listened Yes, she was a prophet, and undoubtedly that meant that she would have spent time in prayer to God, seeking him for answers, but she also made herself available, which I think is an important lesson for us. A question we might ask ourselves this morning is, how available are we to others? And among the usual frustrations and disputes of everyday life, undoubtedly something she would have heard time and time again were complaints about the oppression they were facing under Sisera and his army. And so she begins to seek God for an answer as any great prophetic leader would. She carries their burdens to God in prayer. And she could have said, well, you know, it's your own fault, isn't it? Going off and worshipping other gods and practicing child sacrifice, but... Um, and maybe she did, she was a prophet after all, but she actually cared deeply about the suffering of the people that God had placed underneath her care. And she knew that the situation could only be resolved with God's help, and so she invites him to act on their behalf. And God responds in verse 6, she sends for Barak, who we assume is some kind of commander or military leader, and she says to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Go, take with you 10,000 men of Nephtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kershon River and give him into your hands. A new hope, a, a promise of deliverance from Jabin and the tyranny of Sisera. But imagine for a moment that you were Barak hearing this message from Deborah for the first time. She says the message is from God, and 10,000 men is certainly a strong army, but when faced with 900 iron chariots, it's still a little bit like bringing a knife to a gunfight. And even 
if you had faith and you were encouraged that the message was from God, would you have faith enough for this? Let's not forget that by this point, Sisera had been terrorizing the Israel, uh, Israel nation for over 20 years. This is, a, this is a big ask. Perhaps you thought it's all very well, Debbie sitting there under her palm telling me what to do, but I'm the one that's going to be marching these men up the hill. And so he says to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. You see, whether or not he had faith in God, whether or not his faith in God was strong or not, what's clear is that he had faith in her. He had faith in Deborah. He trusted her. He trusted her leading. And without missing a beat, Deborah replies, Certainly I will go with you. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. And I think this is another great example of why Deborah was a good leader. Not only did she make time for her people, not only did she listen to their complaints, not only did she carry their complaints to God, seeking God for an answer, but she was also willing to get her hands dirty. She was willing to step out from underneath the palm and do the work that was required. Not just pronounce convictions, but um, live them out. Demonstrate her faith. You see, often it's not enough to tell people simply what it is we believe. We have to show them how to believe. I've got James's um, ears James's words ringing in my ears when he says, I will show you my faith by my deeds. He says, doesn't he, faith without deeds is dead. And, you know, maybe Barak's faith in God was a little bit shaky, but he trusted Deborah. He knew that he could trust her, and he knew that if she was with him, things would be okay. And similarly, we must realize that people more often than not will put their faith in us before they will put their faith in God. They will look to us to show them how to live a life of faith. Just think for a moment about the way that Jesus led people. He didn't just stand in the synagogue and say, this is what God wants you to do. He also said, follow me. Let's go together. Let's walk this road arm in arm. I'm going to be with you. And even when he gives his disciples that great commission in Matthew 28, and he says, go to all nations and, and teach them to um, obey everything I taught you and make disciples, he still says at the end of that, and surely I am with you even until the end of the age. And so Barak says, you know, I don't know, I don't know, Deb, I'm not sure I can do this. This is a lot. This is a lot. Will you come with me? She says, yeah, I will. I'll come with you. And they go together, and when they get there, Deborah again encourages Barak, go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? And I like to imagine that the whole way there, she's been encouraging. She's been building him up. She's been saying, you can do this. This is God's plan. He's got you. He's with you. It's going to be okay. And when the armies arrive, they charge down Mount Tabor, and they send Sisera and his army into a panic and they pursue them all the way back to Harasheth Hagoyim, and they're victorious. And they wipe them all out, except for Sisera himself in verse 17. It says, Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Hiel, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber the Kenite. 
JL went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come in, don't be afraid. And so he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. It's nice, isn't it? Seems friendly, this uh, girl. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. Tucked him in. Kiss on the forehead. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there, say no. But Yael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him where he lay fast asleep, exhausted. And she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Which I mean, yeah, you, you would, wouldn't you? I think... Um, He had something different in mind when she said she'd bring him a steak later on. (laughs) She'd been running through his head all day. Things were getting intense. (laughs) So, all right, I'll stop. (laughs) I told you Judges was grim, though, didn't I? It's grim. Uh, Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Hael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I'll show you the man you're looking for. And so he went with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. It's a really interesting uh, plot twist in the story at this point, because earlier on in the text, when Barak was um, unsure about going, and he was nervous, and he asked Deborah to come with him, she said to him that God would deliver um, the honor into the hands of a woman. And we sort of assume at that point in the story that the woman is going to be Deborah, because Deborah is the one that goes with him. But it's not. It's Hiael who finally uh, nails Sisera to the ground. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But you know, what's interesting, if you go on to read Deborah's song in the next chapter, um, she uh, praises God. She praises God first, and then she praises God for the part that everyone played in this story. Um, she praises him for Barak. She praises him for the, the willing volunteers. And in particular, she praises him for Yehel, who she calls the most blessed woman. That's how she refers to her. See, this is the final amazing thing I think about Deborah, that she was never looking to honor herself. She was never going to the battlefield for her own glory. She went to encourage Barak. She went to watch God's plan unfold around her. And she had no problem with God using others. She simply wanted to bless what he was doing. It reminds me of the time that the mother of James and John went to see Jesus to ask that they be given special places of honor, one seated on his right, one seated on his left. And when the other disciples heard about it, they got really indignant didn't they? They got really uppity about it, and they all wanted their slice of the pie, as it were. And Jesus calls them together, and he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Elsewhere, he says, whoever exalts themselves will be humbled, and whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. You see, Deborah was somebody who was willing to serve in order to see others lifted up. She was willing to make herself less if it served the purposes of God. And so what can we learn from this awesome leader today? Just a couple of points as I finish. Firstly, let's be those who make time 
for other people. Let's not get so busy with stuff, with doing things that we forget about those around us. It's really easy to do, I think. It's really easy to keep our heads down. And I suppose in some ways through this time of lockdown, we've maybe got a bit more comfortable with um, our um, time to ourselves. But let's not forget about the others around us. When's the last time we invited somebody to come and sit under a palm and just talk? The palm's metaphorical in this instance. You can, you can meet anywhere. Are we available to those around us? And let's be those that seek transformation for the people that we're talking to. Deborah didn't just acknowledge the suffering of the people and then shrug it off, but she sought God for an answer. She looked for a solution for them. She carried their burdens to God. How lucky are your friends and colleagues that they have you to pray for them? Secondly, let's be prepared to journey with people. Let's be honest, Barak wouldn't have got very far if it hadn't been for Deborah's willingness to go with him. Not unlike the disciples, and he did those three years of intense one-on-one training to prepare them for all that God was going to do in their lives. And you know, probably already you are journeying with people. There's probably already people that you're walking alongside, people that you're encouraging. It's just a case of recognizing who God has put in your way and then actively looking for ways to encourage them, to bring them on, to increase their faith, to invite them into a relationship with God. And thirdly, let's be those who don't seek our own glory but celebrate when we see God using others. Deborah was the leader of Israel, but she didn't let that go to her head. She humbly looked for ways to serve those around her. She sat under a palm, not on a throne. She went with Barak and she encouraged him and she praised God when she saw him using another woman to liberate her people. There was no hint of of jealousy there. And in seeking the best for others, she saw the purposes of God fulfilled in her time. I wonder how good are we at seeking the best for others? Or as Jesus put it, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Even if it doesn't necessarily make our lives better, are we still willing to seek the best for others? Some big challenges, I think, this morning from this particular text. I wonder if the band want to come and join me on stage. We're going to finish with a song in a moment or two, but let's just take a minute in prayer. Let's just think about the lessons we've heard this morning from this passage. Let's just consider how they might apply to us, who it is that we are journeying with, who is around us, who it is that we maybe need to be reaching out to this week, making time for this week who it is that we maybe need to send an encouraging message to later on today, get in touch with. Say, you know, I'm here for you. I'm journeying with you. We can walk this road together. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the encouragement we receive from this story. I thank you for the example that we have in Deborah. Father, I pray that we would be those that always make time for people. 
God, that we would recognize those people that you have placed in our path, those people around us, our friends, our work colleagues, our family. God, that we would be willing to be your agent to them. That as they talk to us about their lives, their struggles, their hardships. Father, this morning we thought a lot about how difficult things are at the moment. Would we be those that carry their burdens to you in prayer? Father, not just listen, but seek you for help. Would we be those that are willing to journey alongside, to get our hands dirty, to serve you in this world, in this time, in this place? Father, help us to recognize where you're working, not to be jealous of others that we see being used by you, but to humbly seek to serve you in our own way. Let us lift you up to those that we know and even those that we don't. In Jesus' precious name, amen.